Fantastic. Thanks so much for being here and coming. We're going to continue our uh, series, uh, Ultimate Life. Who's ready to have an even better ultimate life? Amen? Amen. How many know that life is full of colour? It's not black and white? Right? And, uh, and I'm not talking about TV, kids, but uh, I'm talking about, you know, the simple truth that, you know, life is meant to be full. It's meant to be full of color. And it's okay to experience life, isn't it? The highs and the lows and the ups and downs of life. Um, we're going to be looking at our scripture this morning, which is uh, Romans chapter 9. And we're going to be starting from verse 14. Um, but I just want you to uh, turn to the person and uh, beside you and say, you are not ordinary. Some people might say that you're uh, quite extraordinary, which is a little bit extra on top of ordinary, but uh, that you are not ordinary. You are not an ordinary person. And we're going to talk about uh, how it's, it talks about in uh, First Peter, how it says that God says that um, we are a, an, a, a strange and peculiar people. You can turn to the other person beside you and say, you're a strange and peculiar person. And that's calling the pot, the kettle and the pot black, whatever it is. Fantastic. So, you know, when the person beside you does some things that are a little bit unusual that you didn't expect, well, that's because they're a peculiar person. Amen? All the wives say? All the men say? Oh, you weaklings. You're not... Oh, man, that was... Anyway, so, uh, no, you are strong. Amen? And uh, so because we are not ordinary and because we are, um, you know, walking through this life where we get to uh, invite those around us to say, hey, come walk with me, come and live the ultimate life, come and uh, experience something that you have never experienced yet. How many know that there are more than there is more of God to experience? Amen. Amen. But you see, sometimes we get this mixed up that we think that, that, that we know that there's more of God to experience, but sometimes we think that church has nothing to do with it. And you see, what has happened over the years, we are a traditional Pentecostal church. Now, what that means is we are a church that is absolutely Bible-based and filled with the Holy Spirit of God. We look for and long for the gifts of the Spirit to operate within this church. Now, the gifts of the Spirit are like things like love, uh, things like uh, uh, generosity, things like speaking in tongues, things like prophetic utterance in the prophetic word. And you see, Paul actually talked about that in uh, uh, First and Second Corinthians, that he said that when strangers come into the midst, how will they know that you are walking in a different spirit? They will know because there's joy in our hearts, the love that we show towards each other. There's strange tongues being spoken. But you see, what's happened over church life and certainly over the years, has anybody heard of the phrase seeker-sensitive? Okay, seeker-sensitive in church leadership circles says this, Take anything that's weird or strange out of the service so that if somebody walks in that is completely unchurched, they're not weirded out. 
Well, have you looked in the mirror lately? I look in the mirror and say, who's that? There's lines where there never used to be lines. I'm weirding myself out. The point of me saying this is this, is that here in church life, the Spirit of God moves when we move. And you see, when we step into that place to live the ultimate life, the ultimate life can only be lived through the Spirit of God, through the movement of the Holy Spirit of God. Now, how do we know when the Spirit of God is moving? Well, we see the operation of the gifts. We, 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 you, you move in the operation of, uh, of the gifts of the Spirit. You uh, display the fruits of the Spirit, love, goodness, kindness, mercy, of which there is no law against. Okay? And so what happens is this, is if you feel challenged by what I'm saying, I hope that you feel challenged. Because another thing has happened in our society, it's called television. Who loves to sit down and watch all five or whatever series of Gilmore Girls? Seven plus the new one. Seven? Plus the new one. Boy. Anna is watching Quantum Leap at the moment. Who loves Quantum Leap? Anybody remember Quantum Leap? Quantum Leap? Well, look it up. It's like... It's almost black and white TV, Olivia, you know. Anyway, what has happened is TV. We love, to be, we love to sit down and be entertained, don't we? Like I love nothing more than going to a Michael Bublé concert and just sitting back and just enjoying the music, loving the music, loving the atmosphere, love the voice, love the band arrangements, love the show, right? But go to an ACDC concert and sit back and enjoy it. Am I right? Just try and sit down and enjoy it. Well, you'll be trampled to death, number one, all right? Number two, you'll probably be vomited on. Uh, And number, number three, it will not be enjoyable. The enjoyable experience is when you get in and you jump around, you raise your hands and you just have a ball, right? Is that right? So what's happened in our culture, we have become quite okay with sitting back and watching TV, being entertained. Do not let that come into the church because you are extraordinary. You are not an ordinary person. Hello? You see, the Holy Spirit wants to engage with us. This is why the word says that the, the Spirit of God, God inhabits the praises of his people. So that we, when we jump all in, we're not just satisfied with the river of God of where we just dip our toe in and go, wasn't that lovely? Didn't the pastor speak well today? Wasn't the worship team very good today? Hello? We're not happy with just sticking our ankle in and go, whoo, it's cold. We're not happy with just just jumping into where our knees are. Amen? Amen. I'm just going to get this Bible up here because, well, it's less anointed than my one, but it's open to the scripture that I want to talk about at the moment. I just felt this is not to to do with my notes. Thank you, Holy Spirit, for turning that. Um, um, It says this. says this in Psalm 36, verse 7. How precious is your loving kindness, O God. Uh, no, we're going to start from verse 5. Um, your mercy, so Psalm 36, verse 5. 
Uh, Your mercy, O Lord, is in the heavens. Your faithfulness reaches to the clouds. Your righteousness is like the great mountains. Your judgments are a great deep. O Lord, you preserve man and beast. How precious is your loving kindness, O God. Therefore, the children of men put their trust under the shadow of your wings. They are abundantly satisfied with the fullness of your house. Can you hear the words that I'm saying today? This is the ultimate life that we get to live, not when we just dip our little toe in and go, Whoa, wasn't church great today? Yeah. It's, you know, it's when we jump all in and we say, I want to be fully immersed in your spirit, God, no matter what that looks like, no matter what it costs me. There's a scripture where it talks about the pearl of great price or or the the parable of where um, Jesus said that a man went out to the field and he sold all that he could to buy that field because he knew somewhere in that field was a great treasure. Friends, we have that treasure. The treasure, his name is Jesus. We have that treasure in our life, friends. And you see, that is to be lived outwardly, not inwardly. And the world would long to throw fear at us. The, long, the world would long to have us buy more toilet paper than we actually really need. Hello? Yeah, that's right. I found a stash of toilet paper. Did you? Yes, Daniel, at Nana and Pa's. <laughs> Mum and Dad have been stacking up toilet paper... For several years, and I'll let you in on the secret, it's because they get cheap petrol when they do. But they knew! It's called living prophetically. It's, sorry, that's, anyway. So Psalm 36, it goes into, and they are abundantly satisfied with the fullness of your house, and you give them drink. This is, this is the kicker, you ready? And you give them drink from the river of your pleasures. What? That almost sounds sensual. The pleasures and the desires. Well, we know that that God says that I give you the desires of your heart. Hello? That he gives you desires. There's like this drive and this desire. I desire. And it's not like I just desire some mint pan of chocolate from the health food section. It's not just I desire salt and vinegar chips. That might be a craving, but this desire, this deep desire that we get to drink from the river of God's pleasures. My goodness, that sounds like the ultimate life to me. That sounds like that's a river that I just want to dive in. I just want to run up, put my legs up like this and do a silly salmon salmon into it, right? Anybody seen that ad? That's a very funny ad. I laugh every single time. I want to run up and do a great big bomb and just go splash your pleasures all around, God. That your pleasures, that I can dive into the river of your pleasures. But you see, we don't talk like that because we're not poetic because we're conservative Australians. Can you see where the church is countercultural in every single way? The world says, be in fear, buy lots of toilet paper. Notice how the vegan section's full. 
No one's buying toothpaste. Well, you can't eat toothpaste. Oh, well. People care about that. <laughs> Stop it, Kelly. People care about their bottom more than they do their teeth. Anyway, which end's most important? Come on. Stop it. Just be conservative. Sit there and don't laugh. Don't say anything. But you see, this is it. Go into... Some, I'm not, I don't want to criticise other churches, but what I'm saying is <clears throat> there needs to be... I want you to be challenged today because I really feel this burden and it's not really part of what I wanted to talk about today, but I really feel that there is a challenge for the, that the Lord is saying, people, move, step in, dive in. No matter what that looks like and no matter what it costs, it might cost you a choice and a decision. And it might even start with something very easy and just saying, Holy Spirit, I'm in. Teach me how. Just as that. Just as simple as that. So, Lord, teach me. I want to dive in. Teach me to dive in. Teach me to just, just go all in. I just, want to, I just want to be immersed in your presence. What does that look like, Lord? What does that look like? I remember John Arnott, and <clears throat> if you remember... Um, the Toronto uh, blessing, or they called it the Toronto blessing, that it was a revival that lasted eight years. And every three months they would have to replace the carpet in the church because each year they would have over 1.8 million people come through the church each year. And what happened was uh, Randy Clark... He's got a phenomenal healing ministry, but this was early in his ministry. He was just simply up on the pulpit and, and uh, he preached uh, a, a message about, um, about the fact that we are no longer orphans and that we have been adopted into uh, the, the family of God and that we are to abide in God. <clears throat> and, um, and what happened was, uh, he, he, you know, they both said, this is out of, this is, Pastor John Arnott's mouth, right? He said, it was an okay message. It was okay. It was, you know, it was good. It was foundational. It was good. And he said he got, they got to the end of the message and the keyboard player came up and started to play. And back in those days, the keyboard player could sit. And uh, <clears throat> the keyboard player just started to sit, just started to play, started to sit as well as playing. Anyway... Um, <clears throat> invested in toilet paper, not just toothpaste, and um, and just, and started to play, and and uh, and and Randy Clark just started to give an altar altar call, and then what happened is that the keyboard player, the keyboard started to sound a little bit funny, like lots of wrong notes, and the and and with, they look across, and the keyboard player's leaning like this, and starts to slide off the chair, still trying to play. <laughs> And I thought, goodness, what's wrong? You know, is it a stroke, heart attack, what's a fit? What's going on? And they realised there, there was this sovereign moment that God was starting to move. And what happened was this one lady went to get up out of her chair to respond to the altar call and she couldn't move and she just sort of slid down her chair into the aisle. And then he said, suddenly something entered the room. 
and he felt that it was Jesus, the very presence of Jesus himself entered the room. He said he felt, he felt it like something just came in and rested in the room. And he said everybody fell out under the presence of God. It was raucous. It was ugly. It was undignified. It was not what people expected. And back in those days, it was, is this okay? Is it of the devil? What is this? It was like manna. When the Israelites looked at manna and they said, what is it? That's what manna means. What is it? Hey, do you want some breakfast? What's for, what's, what's for breakfast? What is it? Yeah, but what is it? Yeah, it's what is it? <laughs> and it was like that. It was, Holy Spirit, what are you doing? And one person who was working out in the children's ministry heard the room that was just erupting and they walked in the side door and they just looked and they too went out. Such was the presence of God that they were experiencing. And at that moment, Randy Clark and um, John Arnott just sat down in their seat on the, on the stage and just watched what God did in people's hearts and in people's lives. And people were transformed. Formed. One minute they were this, the next minute they were world changers. One minute marriages were on the verge of divorce, next minute they were completely healed. Cancer's gone, tumour's gone, limbs growing back. Extraordinary things. Friends, that's the God that I'm a son of. That's a God that you are the son of. And friends, my urge for you today is that you just don't dip an ankle in. You don't just get up into your knees. I'm saying don't be comfortable. Don't just do what you feel comfortable in doing. Because nine times out of ten, what we feel comfortable in doing is missing the glory of God that he has actually prepared for us. Friends, I urge you and I, 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 I applaud you all the, all the time and all the way. Jump all in. And you say, Holy Spirit, I know that there's more of you to experience in this ultimate life. Help me jump all the way in and invite somebody else to come and do the same. Hello? So we have the opportunity to live the ultimate life. But knowing that in our world, we live in an imperfect world. Amen? We serve a perfect God, we serve him completely, but at the same time, we are in an imperfect world. We've seen that. We live with the reality, though, that God is completely good. We know that. And sometimes throughout our life, we don't experience that. I read this quote that C.S. Lewis uh, said, and, um, and he put it this way, and I, I, and I love that. It says, I quote, um, There is no ordinary people. You have never talked to a mere mortal. Nations, cultures, arts, civilizations, these are mortal. And their life is to ours as the life of gnats. <laughs> but it is is immortals whom we joke with, work with, marry, snub, exploit. Immortal horrors or everlasting splendours. When you look around the room right now, and I just encourage you to do so right now, as you look at the people that you are surrounded by, you are surrounded by immortal splendours. 
you yourself are an immortal splendour. Imagine that across the Herald Sun. You are not ordinary. You are uniquely created. But we can allow life to affect us, amen? And it makes us feel incredibly ordinary. It's like what we discovered and what we read about last week. We feel like a jar of clay and sometimes we look like one. (laughs) A bit chipped, (laughs) a bit dry, a bit cracked, a bit used. We feel like that. But friends, you are far from that. Romans chapter 9 verse 14 says this. What shall we say then? Is there unrighteousness with God? Certainly not. For he says to Moses, I will have mercy on whomever I will have mercy, and I will have compassion on whomever I will have compassion. So then, it is not of him who wills, nor of him who runs, but of God who shows mercy. For the scripture says to the, to, to the Pharaoh, for this purpose I have raised you up, and that I may show show." Uh, my power in you and that my name may be declared in all the earth isn't that extraordinary we're we're looking at a godless man uh, one of the most powerful men in the earth at the time and God says I created you so that I would reveal my power extraordinary isn't it see even God will use godless men and women So don't be afraid and don't be worried who's in power. Hello? Because God, God appoints those to be in power. Hello? Therefore he has mercy, verse 18, therefore he has mercy on whom he wills and whom he wills he hardens. You will say to me then, why does he still find fault? For who has resisted his will? So what's going on here is is that um, Paul is writing to the church of Rome, uh, and uh, and and we're not. And I'm not talking about. I'm talking about the the Old Testament look looking church, um, the, the Pharisees and the, the Sadducees and and uh, and the the traditional church leaders who uh, have a stranglehold on the community. And uh, he, there's, this, there's this argument against the current culture. And you see, this is why I said before is that, you know, as a church, we, are, we ought to be incredibly countercultural. In, incredibly countercultural in the way that we live, in the way that we walk, in the way that we, uh, in how we speak, in, 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 in simply the fact that we show love to those who don't deserve it. That's countercultural. Hello, and so, <clears throat> and so, in the chapters beforehand, Romans eight, one of my most favourite chapters in the Scripture, uh, for there, now there is no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus, who do not walk according to the desires of the flesh, but according to the to the to the will of the Spirit. For those that the Spirit have has set apart, and it just goes on and on and on. But then there's that there's the the addressing of living by the Spirit. 
And as a Pentecostal church, as a, as a, as a relevant church, uh, as a countercultural church, we are a spirit-filled church. You, uh, the desire is that you become, if you are not already, a spirit-filled person operating in all the gifts or able to operate in all the gifts. Hello? Yeah. Right? Uh, you, you may not major in the prophetic, but you may major in, in uh, um, discernment, for example. Right? You're very discerning about the people that you meet or the situations that you walk into. Hello? But understand that the Spirit can move upon you for you to operate in whatever gift that you need for that moment. He's just that good. Hello? And so what happens here is that, that Paul is talking to uh, the Roman church and he's, what he's saying is stop arguing, stop arguing. In other words, stop resisting the will of God in your life. Because what they're saying is, 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 but if we accept Christ, we have to turn our back upon everything that we knew to be true. If we accept Christ, we have to walk into this issue in this area of mutually submitting to one another in love as Christ is our example. But back here we hold power. Back here we've got choice. Back here I can choose what I want to do. I want to live my way. And you see, Paul here is saying, stop rejecting Christ. Because if you reject Christ, if you reject the river of God that God wants to pour out and flow through this church, if you are resistant to it, what will happen is that you'll get swept aside. And there is nothing more than God hates seeing. As a pastor, as a senior pastor, I hate seeing people get swept aside when they could have just jumped all in. I hate people sitting on the sideline when they could be completely in. Friends, identity conference is going to be a wonderful opportunity to jump all in. Amen? And so it says here, uh, see, there's an argument taking place here about Pharaoh that, 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 that they say, you know, well, well if, 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 God, if God placed Pharaoh and hardened Pharaoh's heart, just to display his power, then who has resisted God's will? Let me ask you this question. Have you ever resisted God's will? Yes. All the time. Because I want my way. Hello? I want to do what I want to do. Hello? And friends, don't feel condemned by what I'm saying because we're all in that boat. But you see, what happens is, I love what Paul says. He says, but indeed, O man, who are you to reply against God? Will the thing formed say to him who formed it, why have you made me like this? See, what it's addressing is this issue of this self-condemning voice, this inner voice that we can keep on saying, we'll never attain to it. We'll, you'll never amount to anything. You'll never, ever be more. There is no, you've tried to experience more of God, but you've, but you've never been able to step into it. You know, you've seen other people slain in the spirit or do a courtesy fall, but you yourself will never be able to do it. You've seen other people walk on water, but you'll never be able to walk on water. You've seen other people give a prophetic word but you'll never be able to do it everybody else is 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 swimming in money but you are poor and you'll never be able to do it can you hear the voices 
You're ugly. Everyone else is so beautiful. What a crock. I'm sorry, but how ridiculous. You're believing the lies of the enemy because God says, I want to give it all. I gave it all. The very darling of heaven crucified on the cross so that you would be raised to life. The ultimate life. John 10.10. Life and life abundantly. And I love what... um, um, Pastor Mike Smith shared last week that that, that word, that John 10.10, 10, it's that you have been made godlike. You can look in the mirror and say, I'm godlike. It's a bit like the Fonz. Remember the Fonz, Val? Yeah? Happy days? Remember happy days? Record spinning on it. Friday, happy days. Come on, help me out. Yeah, all right. (laughs) We nearly got there. Um, And I love the Fonz where he just walks into the mirror, he goes to whip out his his comb, and he goes to do his hair and just goes, Hey. (laughs) Even though you may not feel like that, you are not ordinary. Even though there will be mornings that you do have to run a comb through your hair, I would encourage you to do so. But the difference is this, you are created perfectly because God has made you perfectly. And when we get uh, uh, over ourselves and into him, friends, man, we can experience something of God that we have never experienced before. There is more of God to experience. There is more of him that he wants to pour into you. Verse 21, does not the potter have power over the clay from the same lump to make one vessel for honour and another for dishonour? What if God... And, you know, I don't know about you, but sometimes, you know, I've experienced some disappointment in my life. Have you? Yeah. And see, what happens often is that when we experience disappointment, it's, it's, it's a bit like in life. Have you seen those little kids in videos? What do you want to be when you grow up? Yeah, I just, I want to be an astronaut. Really? You know, if every kid who wanted to be an astronaut became an astronaut, Elon Musk would have no chance that we'd already be living on the moon, right? I want, I want, to, be, I want to be a doctor. I'd love you to be a doctor. You know, I'd love you to be a doctor. That'd be really good. Um, or, or you know, or, or, or I, 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 I want to kill cancer. You know, there's all sorts of things. As kids, we have these huge dreams, don't we? It's like, it's like anything's possible. It's like I can be anything I want if I can imagine it. I can do it. If I can dream it, I can be it. Yes, pretty optimistic, right? And so we're hope-filled dreaming when we're born. But then we start to experience life. We get let down. Sometimes as kids, we get let down by our environment, nothing to do with us. It's not our fault. It's not your fault. When you, if, you, if you've been a kid and you've been let down, it only means one thing. It only means one thing. It's not your fault. Okay? If you've been let down as a kid, it's not your fault. It's a word for somebody today. We try our best, don't we? 
Each day. I don't know about you, but each day I try my best. Sometimes my best today is a little bit better than yesterday, but tomorrow my best for tomorrow may not be as good as today. Hello? But we go through our life trying our best. But you see, if we, if we continually only try our best, then we don't want to fall into the trap of doing it in our own strength. Amen? Because I want to do my best, but I want to do my best walking in the Spirit, Romans 8, with God. Amen? We try our best, but we don't want to do it too much in our own striving and in our own strength. We want to be passionate. We want to be driven. But we don't want to step into our flesh strength. Sometimes in our life we get put down. Remember how we started, hope filled. I want to be an astronaut or I want to fly planes or I want to do this or I, you know, I want to be a something, right? But then as we go through life, we experience people who put us down and we even put ourselves down and, and we get hardened and our heart gets hardened. We get left alone and then we feel as though we've been orphaned as people. We've, you know, we feel as though we don't belong and we, we get sidelined and you might get picked last for the football team or the cricket team or you know, whatever that might be. And we get hardened and we get left alone. And then after that we go, well, I'm going to do it. You know, I can be who I want to be and I'm, I'm going to be self-driven and, and I'm going to rebel against the world and... Anybody remember their teenage years? Long hair when everybody was short hair or coloured hair or tattoos this or tattoos that. Man, if you don't have a tattoo now and you're a pastor, you're, you're not in, let me just say, right? I know. You want to get a tattoo together, Olivia? We've seen sickness not healed. What does that do to your prayer life? What does that do to you spiritually? I don't know about you, but I'm still believing for my father to be healed. And we spent the day with him yesterday, and it's, it's, it's been a long time since I've seen him be able to walk 100 meters without really having to take a breath. I want to see sickness healed. Hello? But what happens when we don't? We tend to step into our, well, I'm not going to pray about that because th- that person wasn't healed. I can't do it. And see, we get, this, we get this hardened heart attitude. And friends, what happens is that we step into a place of lack and we feel unfulfilled. And yet while we love Jesus and yet while we are passionate about God and, and while we're passionate about helping other human beings and we step into this place of where we just go, I'm just doing my best and it doesn't seem enough. And we can come to church every single week and we can sit in the chairs. You can hear Pastor Matt talk about these illustrious new chairs that we're raising money to get. and That might excite you a little bit. It might actually excite you a lot if people value toilet paper more than they do toothpaste. (laughs) And at the end of it, we feel very ordinary. We feel like life is not the ultimate life at all. Have you ever prayed the prayer, 
Lord, what happened to John 10.10? What about this life and life abundantly? Where is this God-likeness? What I sense the Holy Spirit wanting to do with us this morning, right now, is for the Holy Spirit to move across every single person who wants it, who wills for it, who chooses it, to receive a refreshing, a re-oiling. You can take an old rusty screw and it'd be very hard to turn. You get some WD-40 in there and you just slowly work that. And then suddenly that screw works the good, as good as the day it was born. Friends, when we jump all in to the Holy Spirit, when we give him permission to move, it is like that. He renews us abundantly. He blesses us considerably. Then there's the scripture in verse 25 of Romans 9. It says, I will call them my people who were not my people. And her beloved who was not beloved. And it shall come to pass in the place where it was said to them, You are not my people. There they shall be called the sons of the living God. Friends, when you choose Jesus, you are a son of the living God. You have access to to all the powers of heaven. You have access to the fullness of Jesus and who he is. So I'm going to ask you, can you stand up on your feet? In this moment, I just want to to see that, that time and that moment of where we step into that place and say, Jesus, I want to experience the river of your pleasures. But it's like, a, it's like our life is on a blistering, blisteringly hot day and we step into a, a beautiful, tepid, cool river. And we step in and we put in our ankles and we feel that refreshment start to take place and then we step into our knees and then up to our waist and we actually start to feel cooler and our, our life begins to change. And then we step into that place of where it's just above, up to our chest and, and we've almost forgotten about the heat at that moment. And then we choose to stick our head under and we are fully refreshed. Holy Spirit, I just invite you right now that your refreshing would just wash over us, God. You might be here today where you've, you've never experienced that level of of, of the full immersion in the Spirit of God. But what, I, what I'm here to say to you right now is that He is here. 
He is here for us to, to invite him to, 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 to be fully immersed in his presence. The Bible says that we are temples of the Holy Spirit. And if we are a temple, we are a house of God. We are a carrier of his presence. So right now, Jesus, I ask that all resistance would leave in Jesus' name. That your oil and your anointing would wash over completely. Lord, I pray for a refreshing as we go out during this week, oh Lord. As we sleep in our, in, in our beds in the night season, Lord, that your presence would wash over us, igniting dreams, igniting hopes. Lord, you said that you would give the righteous a, peace, a peaceful sleep, oh Lord. And Jesus, we have been made righteous by your death and on and the cross and being raised to life again. And so Jesus, you are enough. You are more than enough. So Jesus, wash over us right now. Holy Spirit, we invite you now to wash over. Jesus, we don't want to be spectators. We don't want to sit back and be entertained by you, Lord. Lord, today we want to jump all in. So activate us in this today, oh God. Arrest us that let us experience all of you. Lord, we're sorry where we have resisted you. We're sorry where, we have, where, where life has gotten on top of us, Lord, because it so often does. Sorry where we've lost sight of who you really are. So now, Holy Spirit, wash over us. I love what it says in the book of Timothy where it says to stir up the gifts and fan the flame that is within us. Friends, so much of that is a choice that we step into. But when you make that choice, God is so faithful to back you up every single time and all the way. So Holy Spirit, right now as we go out from this service today, release us into something new. Release us into the more. Release us into the absolute ultimate life that you have for all of us, God. Lord, I ask that there would be hope restored where it has been stolen that there is life and health where there is sickness, that there is salvation where there has been death, Lord. I just get a sense right now, we just need to step into a place of warfare 
Because there's a moment in times like this where we are hungry for a move of the Spirit of God, that, that there are entities in and around our life that would create oppression, not possession, that would oppress us. And there would be a wall and a resistance. And so you might just want to pray, Holy Spirit, tear down any resistance now. We place the blood of Jesus against that resistance right now and we break it in Jesus' name. In our homes, in our lives, in our communities, Lord, right now, in Jesus' name. I thank you, Father, that you love us. I thank you, Father, for what you're doing in us and through us. And so, Satan, we stand against you in Jesus' name and every demonic entity. And we command you to loose your hold. Fear, you have no place. And we bind you and we command you to leave in Jesus' name. Father, we ask that you would send warring angels and ministering angels that would battle on our behalf, O God, as we walk in who you say that we are. Jesus, you are our champion. You do battle on our behalf. Lord, the word says that you are constantly interceding on our behalf before you, Father. And so, Jesus, right now, thank you for doing that. And, Father, hear what Jesus is saying on our behalf. And, Father, do that, Lord. Do that, Lord. I just get a sense that the heavenlies have just opened up right now. Everything in me wants to close this service right now and, and, and let you go. But I, I just this is a sovereign time and it's a, just a sovereign moment right now. And some of you might be like Jacob and, and it's like he, he, his eyes are open to the ladder that, that's going to and from heaven. And he said, God was here and I did not know it. Friends, I'm telling you right now, God is here. And you see that word knowing is that is, it wasn't just I was made aware of it. It's I experienced its fullness. And so, Lord, we want to experience your fullness. We're so hungry for the fullness of what you're wanting to do here, God. And so we, we say, Father, do it. We give you permission to do it within us, God. We don't want to resist you, Lord. We don't want to be a stiff-necked, uppity, uptight people. We don't want to resist you and push against you, God. We don't want to allow our hearts to be filled with pride. Holy Spirit, we just invite you to flow right now through our lives. Jesus, I ask that you would flow through our lives even right now. But Lord, even more so as we go out and we experience this week that is ahead, flow through our life even more then. Flow through our life in the workplaces. Flow through our life in our homes, in our quiet moments of devotion, Jesus, right now. Just flow through us, God. Lord, that we would be known as a peculiar people as a set-apart person, as an extraordinary person. 
So Lord, right now I thank you that no one here is ordinary. Everyone here is special. You've made them special, Lord. And so Lord, right now we step into the special moments with you. Let us experience you even more in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Amen. Everybody just take a really, really deep breath. Just breathe that in. And so the presence of God is just so super strong right now for you to experience him, man. Because he's so good. He's just so good. Well, at some point, this service has to come to an end, doesn't it? Um, I believe there's coming a time where... Uh, is it, can, you, can you just feel... Anybody feeling that, experiencing something that they... Yeah. You know, they recognize, yes, that's God. Yeah. 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 Um. If you walk away with anything today, walk away hungry for more of that. Hello? Walk away hungry to do more with it and in it. Amen? Amen? Well, I've gone way over, and I want to love you and bless you. And um, I hope you have a wonderful, wonderful, wonderful Sunday afternoon, an incredibly power-packed week. If you'd like some prayer, I'd love to stand with you and pray with you and just support you. Just invite the ministry team to come forward and ready yourselves for that so ministry team come forward now and uh we just uh we just want to see you grow amen and uh how how about next sunday step out in a gift of the spirit step out step out raise your voice just that little bit more raise your tongue just that little bit more you know in tongues speaking in tongues and knowing that god is moving on your behalf amen